Welcome, episode 92 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing struggling with push-ups, workouts as a new parent, and whether or not you should do HIIT workouts first thing in the morning. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 92. This is our second live episode because we have now two guests. Our first one was only in front of one live audience, <laughs> um, but now we have two guests. It's again my mom, and now we have Kendrick Pack. We, we as doubled well. our audience, two hundred percent growth <laughs> in the last forty episodes, guys. Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been a pretty good run. Pretty amazing. Uh, I don't know why, but when I said ninety-two, it just reminded me of nineteen ninety-two. I don't know why, but uh, it's weird because I always think the nineties are still ten years ago. Yeah, and. Then it gets really depressing once you're like, oh, wait, it's, it's, it's like way more than that. 30 years ago. No. no 20 years ago. 20. I'm not very good at math. But I, but, I continue to th- <laughs> but I continue to think that it's 10 years ago. Yeah. You're like, oh, actually, no. I know. It's weird. It's weird when you remember things. Well, and also now that we have like staff members, like team members that achieved yeah. that are in their early 20s and they don't remember stuff from the 90s. Yeah. Like that's weird. That's to super me. weird. Or they were super born weird. in the late 90s to early 2000s. <laughs> Like, we're talking what? about you, Michaela. Yeah, we're talking about Michaela. Um, it's crazy, but it's, yeah, I mean, time flies. Time flies when you're having fun and <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. All right. So. Shall we do it? Let's do it. Okay. So question number one comes from Marchin89, and they asked, wondering if you had any suggestions for my two daughters who struggle with the push-up. They struggle being weak at the lower part of the movement, not being able to go down to almost fist height at the bottom of the movement and drive it back up to the top. They also struggle with keeping their elbows closer to their sides versus elbows almost parallel with their ears. Any help is appreciated. Yeah. So, you know, there isn't really a a magic solution for this, right? Like literally all you need to do is perform push-ups at an incline and at an incline higher than you would think. Even if it feels easy, you want to make sure that it, everything that you just talked about, so keeping the alignment right from a, just like a neutral like spine standpoint, keeping the elbows tucked to about 45 to 60 degrees or so, like doing all those things but at a higher incline, and then just slowly over time, very incrementally, very conservatively lowering that um, the height, right? Was that what you would say? Yeah, definitely. And so you can practice, it's still, even though your hands are at an incline, you can still practice the full range of motion. So that's mm. the great thing about the incline push-up is that it takes away the like gravitational pull, basically, yeah. um, of being completely parallel to the ground, but you can still practice going, lowering yourself all the way down and going through that full range of motion through your upper body. So because, I mean, what, what he said was they're, they struggle with the lower part of the push-up, right? Like that bottom the very part. bottom position, So yeah. they, we want to practice, instead of just practicing more push-ups where they're only doing partial repetitions because yeah. they're not strong in the bottom, try to work on incline push-ups where they're going through that full range of motion and like Jason said, gradually over time, lowering that incline. So you can do that on um, like a barbell squat rack is the easiest place to do it because mm-hmm. you can set the bar at different heights with the little clips that, that are on the barbells. Yeah. I mean, on the squat racks. Um, you can also do it with like those Reebok stands that have, like you can add 
Um, oh, those, the risers. The risers, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You can like add or take away little risers. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, or you can, if you're at home, you can do it on like, it's a little harder to make them incremental, but you can start like on the wall and then you can go to a high couch and then you can go to like a step stool. Yeah, just <laughs> you work just your see, way like yeah. a couple inches down at a time and then you'll be good. Um, something else that you can do if they really struggle with that very bottom part is still, again, be at an incline, but hold that isometric yep. hold at the bottom position for three to five seconds or so before they come back up. And that's a good way to just strengthen that lower part of the motion. Yeah. And then last way is also practicing eccentrics, um, yeah. which is another way. So you can practice just the lowering down part of the push-up and practice it very slow and controlled. And then when they get their chest all the way to the ground, then they can kind of go on their knees and come back up to the start position without actually performing the push-up part. Yeah. Um, but that eccentric portion, the lowering down portion, getting stronger there is actually going to help to build strength overall. In yeah, the that's true. Um, so by the time they get to the lowest setting in a squat rack, that's when we have them go into a tall plank position and lower down for a count of four to five seconds like Lauren just talked about. Um, after that, to tie in the going up part. Um, sometimes what we might do is actually limit the range of motion temporarily. So we've got things that uh, we call Airx pads. They're these like blue, like cushiony pads. And basically we pop, we prop up two or three of them and we have the person do a push up directly on top of it. And then from there, that just cuts the range of motion. And then over time you can start reducing the pads and then you can get, continue to get stronger and stronger that way. So work the lower down as well as limiting the ratio, li- limiting the range of motion on the way up can also help in that regard as well. Great. Cool. All right, moving on. Question number two. This one comes from MoSal18. And they said, as a new parent myself, I'm barely getting sleep, maybe three to four hours a night. We can relate. Uh, <laughs> my only time to train is early morning, around 5 or 6 a.m. I feel fine and have sustained energy, energy throughout the day, but should I be worried that I'm not recovering enough since I don't get much sleep? This is such a good question, and yeah. I remember so vividly um, one time one of, the, one of our members at Achieve, who is a mom, was saying that she read this article that made her so upset because the article said, if you're not getting eight hours of sleep a night, you might as well not even work out. (laughs) And she was like, have you ever talked to any parent of any kid under five who gets eight hours of sleep a night? She's like, and so I'm just supposed to never exercise and not work out because it's like not worth it. Wow, Diesel is throwing bones across the room right now. (laughs) Diesel's rebelling because we just... (laughs) have neglected him so much. He's like, um, guys, did you forget that I'm the third member of this live audience? <laughs> He's like, I've been here since day one. <laughs> okay, so sorry about those sounds that yeah. you might have just picked up. Um, anyway, so the and there, yes, there's some truth to the fact that not being recovered well is going to impact the you know the results of your workouts. Yeah, it might not make it optimal, but. Yeah. But it's still this, better than it's zero. Definitely <laughs> not. It does not mean that you should stop working out altogether. Um, and so, also, like you have to think about why you're working out and what what it's doing for you. So for us, like, it's so, somewhat about results, quote unquote, in terms of like strength gains and physique goals and that kind of stuff. Yep. But for the most part, it's because it makes us feel good. We like the like energy boost that we get from a workout, um, the endorphins that we get from a workout, like all these different things are factors into why we exercise that it doesn't matter if we're a little bit under recovered because those things are also going to still boost like our happiness and our overall lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like for, for me prior to, I mean, prior to really to opening up Achieve, it was it was very much about strength gains and like every, everything I could to increase bench, squat, deadlift, and power clean and stuff like that. 
Um, but yeah, over time, priorities have shifted a little bit and now it's just more about getting consistent workouts in and not necessarily about crushing myself. And so because I know I'm going to have a lot less energy for my workout, I'm able to either cut the volume or cut the weights a little bit and just do just weights challenging enough to make sure that I'm providing an, you know, a stimulus for adaptation for that day, but you know, not enough where I, I feel just so shot. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and I mean, what they said is that they feel fine and they have sustained energy throughout the day. Yeah. So awesome. Like that's great. If you're, if you're feeling good, definitely keep doing your workouts. Definitely don't worry that you're not recovering enough unless you are starting to feel any sort of negative effects from your workout. So if you're going in and working out and you leave feeling more sluggish, more tired, mm-hmm. more worn down, then maybe it's time to reevaluate what type of workout you're doing yeah. um, or what time of day. But for right now, if, if it's working for you, absolutely keep going and don't worry about people who tell you that it's not even worth it to work out if you haven't slept for eight hours. Yeah. Because that's just yeah, Chris. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely keep going with exactly what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. And the last one comes from Kristen CPM. And she said, is it optimal to do HIT first thing in the morning and strength training in the evening after work? How would you program a four to five day split? So HIT it stands for high intensity interval training. Yeah. Are they saying fasted or just just hit in the morning? No, just hit in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I would probably say that in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, maybe in the short term, I would probably prefer doing strength training. If you're going to do a two day a two day session, I would probably have a strength training session up front, and then your conditioning at the end. Um, but for us, what we usually typically say is just do your strength training in the beginning and then do your conditioning at the end. Um, I don't think you need a a full two training sessions, um, throughout the day. Yeah. And so that's kind of the thing, I guess my question for this question Mm -hmm. would be, um, why are you splitting them up into two different workouts during that day? Um, if it's because you think that that's if that's what you're asking about like is that opt- more optimal than doing them together i would say not necessarily yeah. um that it doesn't really matter if you just spend if you have a little bit more time to spend at the gym if you're looking to get like a longer hit workout in combined with your strength workout like maybe that's going to take you an hour and a half to two hours to get it all in mm-hmm. um but we'd say it's probably better to just do it all at once just because and, and this is just logistical like it just then you don't have as many factors that could keep you from getting one of those two workouts in, yeah. right? Like we all know that in the morning, the hardest thing is you're like just pressing snooze and the alarm. <laughs> um, and in, in the evening after work, you can get stuck at work. You can have people invite you to go out after work and there's all these things could come up. And so we always like to say like, let's try to pick the time of day that you'd be less likely to have to go do something or have something come up and try to have that be like your ideal time yeah um so yeah i i think usually usually morning workouts tend to be the most people have the most consistency just because there's it's pretty much either workout or stay in bed (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah there's really to, to split the workouts up um would hamper your ability to recover and put forth a great output the following workout and so we would rather have you you know, lengthen out that workout time like Lauren just talked about and then be able to recover throughout the rest of the day and then be able to hit it hard again the, the, the following day. Um, the only reason why people would do multiple workouts 
in a day are basically um, people that are uh, competing in, let's say, CrossFit or Olympic weightlifting, and they just need that much volume from really a strength standpoint in order to continue to create um, adaptation for their bodies. Um, it, it, but for most people, from a logistical standpoint, it's going to be more beneficial um, to do both of them in one session because these athletes are, that's like their full-time job. Like after their training sessions, they eat, sleep, nap, recover, and then they train again. And for most people, that's just not realistic, right? Right, exactly. Um, and then how would we program a four to five day split uh, for a four day workout program? Um, you know, I would imagine based on what that little blurb say, says um, versus uh, hit training and strength training, they probably just want to gain some lean muscle and probably lean out like that's generally most people's goal, yeah, right yeah. um in that case a four-day split we probably recommend an upper lower split um one day is upper body the next day is lower body rest in between and then the following day upper body and then the following day lower body um as for a five-day split we'd probably keep the same thing upper lower and then just add in a conditioning or aerobic conditioning type of day somewhere in the middle or at the end yeah is that what you'd recommend that's as well? exactly what i would recommend yeah Cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That was kind of rapid fire. That was kind of rapid fire. Do you yeah. have anything else, any bonus material to add? You know, you um, made a post about um, uh, your body not being lost, yeah. which I thought was pretty pretty cool. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, I could. So I made this post on the Achieve page. Basically, um, what I wanted to talk about was... Well, there's a lot of things I wanted to talk about with this post. <laughs> yeah. um, the post basically said, here's why I'm back being featured on the Achieve page at three weeks postpartum. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't because I'm trying to motivate moms to get back in shape. And it's mm -hmm. not because I think that people should be working out like quickly after after giving birth. The, yeah. the real reason that I wanted to start being featured on our Instagram page again was because I wanted to make it a point to show people that you don't have to, as a woman who's postpartum, you don't have to wait until your body looks the way it did before giving birth or before getting pregnant, um, before you feel comfortable enough to be in photos or yeah. be in videos or be in the public eye in any way. And so, yeah, like I, my body looks different than it did before I got pregnant and I am totally cool with that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. And that's what I expected. And I just wanted people to see that, that I am okay with that and that I'm embracing it and that it's not even like a, a, factor. It's not a consideration. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just thought it was something worth posting because I know that so many people struggle with like, I mean, there, there were people who even commented saying, oh, I've been hiding from a camera for years after I gave birth. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I'm so afraid of what people think about my body now that I've like, it's changed so much and it's just so disheartening. And there's so much of this like perpetuated in the fitness industry by professionals who basically reach out and say like to new moms and say like oh I'll help you get your your pre-baby body back or yeah. I'll help you lose the baby fat lose the belly fat lose the baby weight like all this stuff that's just so diminishing and and it basically is preying on the vulnerability and insecurity of of women yeah and I yeah and I, I will say it's probably like you know a big percentage of people are looking to exploit that fact, but there's also probably a you know a small majority, a small minority where they just don't know how damaging that actually is. Yeah. I, I could totally see myself if I was just starting out. Like uh, it seems like an appropriate thing to say, but until you realize the ramifications of what kind of like 
how that might feel for someone if you made that statement. Um, it's 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 you know you're just, you, you're not even aware. Right? Yeah, I think so. that I mean there's probably a good amount of trainers who think like, well, that's probably what they want, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, so you, just you, impose... you right, you impose what you think they they want, and right. and you don't realize that it's actually putting into their heads something that they might not even have been thinking about before. Totally. Um, most most likely they are because it's so prevalent. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Um, but still, like it's it's making it even worse when we're sending out like, you know, get your post your baby. Well, I can't even speak. Get your <laughs> get your body back, kind of yeah, materials. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was amazing the amount of uh, comments on the on that post, just saying like how many people have had different experiences of where people would basically be like, "Oh, didn't you have the baby six months ago, or nine months ago, or a year ago? Like, why don't you look the way you did before?" Yeah, I mean, like there was a, even a woman who said her her brother was like went came to see her in the hospital after giving birth and was like, "I thought you had the baby already." Jokingly, <laughs> like looking at the fact that she still had like a belly. It's, yeah, and she was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> like, and I mean, even I remember not knowing until kind of like getting more ready to be doing this whole thing that like I didn't really realize that you still look pregnant after you give birth like I didn't you know like in the hospital that it's still gonna look like you have a a baby belly like you look about five or six months pregnant I didn't even know that and the fact that people don't know that is actually really weird yeah like but we just expect this like magical quick transformation back to like what you're supposed to look like and I mean there's things like even um the royal family like they it's she true, comes yeah. out of the hospital and she's wearing like, you know, this fancy gown and she looks like she's probably wearing a tight corset to yeah. make it so that she looks like she hasn't even had a baby. And people are like, you know, oh my God, she's so amazing. This is, look what she can do. And it's like, why are we saying that this is amazing? Yeah. I don't even understand. Meanwhile, she's probably in pain and she's probably <laughs> like having to hide all this stuff. And yeah, so we just, as a society, we just really don't, um, we don't prepare women for really what to expect. And then we ask them, ask a lot of them afterwards. Um, that is just not realistic. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so, I good, could, good. I could probably go on for hours, but that's <laughs> kind of the synopsis of, of what the post was about. And the discussions were definitely really interesting. So if you're interested in learning more like about it, I would definitely go read the comments on that post. Cause there was a lot of very interesting experiences that people were sharing. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, those are all of our answers to your burning questions, plus a little bonus material at the end. <laughs> and if you have any questions for us, you can send them to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram, or you can send us a message on Facebook as well. If you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, we'd be super, super grateful for that. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.